when I think of femininity, I think of the moon, you know, in terms of astrology, because the moon represents who we are in our private life. And when the sun goes down and, um, you know, it's the intuitive part of ourselves, the receptive part of ourselves, the dark and mysterious part of ourselves or the soft part of ourselves. I don't think it necessarily corresponds to like a gender or a sex, but more of a way of being in touch with our emotions, which is, you know, energy and motion, something that's changeable, fluid, soulful, and surrendering. I think surrender is a real powerful word to describe femininity because we need that in so many facets, whether it's birth or, you know, just surrendering to our monthly cycle as a woman. We identify as a woman and we bleed every month, you know, something like that. Your lifelong passions, dreams, and aspirations, your joys and creative spurs, your femininity, your success, all in one place. This is Girl Skill with your host, Anna Rova. Hello, Girl Skill listeners. Before you listen to this awesome episode, I wanted to quickly jump in and tell you about a new training that I have for you. It's super juicy. It's getting to the ears and the eyes of so many women around the world, and I can't wait for you to watch it. You've been a podcast listener for a while, and if not, if you're new, welcome. I really wanted to share this piece of content. Like, honestly, I had to re-listen to it a couple of times. I was like, this is freaking amazing. So this is my signature training. It's an exclusive signature training. It's what I have out there for all women who want to get my message and sign up. It's called the lie of female success, the three shifts to getting unstuck, releasing pressure and stop trying to do it all. This is honestly the information on how you get to where you want to get to live a life as a woman and not as a man. So we're going to talk about three key shifts that I've identified in my own life in the countless hours of coaching with clients, interviewing women from around the world. As you know, I've interviewed more than 130 women around the world on femininity and female success, and I implement this daily in my life. And so the key three shifts we're going to talk about is number one, why women can't and shouldn't do it all and feeling great about it. Number two, learning the true definition of your power as a woman and why being strong and independent is not the right way. And number three, why femininity and being in a female body is your greatest gift and how to use it to your advantage. So besides all of this, we're also going to talk about how to overcome the superwoman syndrome that so many of us are stuck in. So you can start living life in freedom with ease and owning your truth. We're going to talk about true feminine power and what you can do right now to begin feeling supported, stop pushing and controlling your life and men. Hallelujah. Don't we all want to control men? Next, how to rediscover, embrace, and cultivate your feminine flow and become embodied so you can stop overthinking, being in your head, and actually start making decisions from the heart. And we're going to talk about the essence of feminine, masculine polarity. Uh, and that part in itself has opened up so many hearts and doors and eyes of so many women. Uh, I get messages all the time about this transformational concept of polarity that is basically built in attraction, sustainability of a relationship. And we're going to share much, much more on this webinar. So you can find this webinar at girlskill.com slash webinar. Very simple, girlskill.com slash webinar. And I can't wait for you to be there. And if you're a woman who is 
is tired of pushing and is looking for a different way, who feels like that there's something missing in her life, despite all of the quote unquote success that she has achieved. And let's say masculine terms, um, you are struggling with relationships. You are attracting more feminine men and you honestly perhaps even lost faith in men and you don't know quote unquote what's wrong with you. And you're always trying to do it all and, and pushing and pushing, but you realize that you're tired and exhausted and whatever you've been doing so far is not working for you as a woman, this training is for you. So girlskill.com slash webinar and I can't wait to hear from you. Hello, Girlskill listeners. Today, we have a special episode with Danielle Polgar all the way from Santa Fe, New Mexico, where we talk about astrology. And just quickly wanted to tell you about Danielle because it's a special episode. We jump into everything astrology and we also talk about my natal chart. So if you're curious about who Anna Rova is and <laughs> her, what she's going through, stay until the end um, to find that out. But basically, Danielle is an astrologist. She has been doing this work for a while and her philosophy is, is that you deserve to be seen, celebrated and honored for who you truly are. And that's what astrology does, and that's where she comes in. She's here to be a cosmic language interpreter and a guiding light on your path. She uses astrology as a tool and a lens through which we can find deep meaning to your life's questions. Questions like, what's my purpose? Why am I here? You know, the big stuff. That's on her website, by the way. She believes astrology offers us all the opportunity to empower ourselves with awareness, activate our inherent gifts, and learn how we can respond to life instead of react to it. Most of it, she believes astrology validates and gives everyone permission to be themselves. And how she works is that she considers your birth chart as an x-ray into your psyche and is one of the many wisdom keepers and interpreters of this archetypal language. Astrology helps you, helps her understand you on many levels. And so it was really interesting, actually. You know, what, what she says is she shares insights of how the language of astrology is spoken through your life. She asks questions and invites you to guide her where and what you want to explore. She utilizes the whole sign house system to interpret natal plus transit charts, progressed charts, relocation charts, composite and sinistry relationship charts, and solar return charts. I have no idea what these charts are, but uh, she mentioned a few of them during the episode. But I really dived into this. And that's why I, I messaged Danielle. I wanted to, to, to do an astrological, I wanted to have a, an astrologist on the podcast because I've become recently very skeptic about it, especially since I was kind of in control of when my daughter was born. So she was supposed to be a Capricorn, but came out as a Sagittarius. I share the whole story in the episode. I won't go into detail now. But uh, yeah, so we started with this kind of skepticism about astrology and because we didn't have time. I didn't even ask her these fun questions in the beginning. But we are really jumped into what is astrology and why does it make sense and why like basically how she uses it in her own life and with clients we talk a little bit about success and femininity and then I ask her about the process of first of all why would people want to do an astrological reading and how does this all work and then in the second half of the interview she actually so before the interview I said oh it would be cool if you could do a reading for me maybe so it's not just a boring interview well my interviews are never boring but still and she shared with me uh you know some of the things that are happening in my life I got very vulnerable and I told her my question or my request and 
she told me some really cool things about how my Saturn is returning and how basically everything's going to be great next year in March. <laughs> also shared a few things about my uh, descendant, uh, like Aries descendant, Gemini moon. And I have no idea about this stuff. Like I shared, um, you know, that I got a Vedic natal chart, but I didn't get a lot out of it. Also shared some that my Jupiter is transcending and my purpose in the North Node. I still have to sit on it and really think, but I loved it. I'm going to listen to it again. But anyways, I hope you're going to enjoy this episode. It's really, really cool. If you are into astrology or not, I think this is going to be very, very valuable. So enjoy and I'll see you at the end. Girl skill, female success redefined. All right, Girl Skill listeners, uh, today we have a super special woman and a super special subject. Um, we are talking about astrology and hopefully my guest will do a, a presentation or will experience, you'll experience everyone listening, uh, what it is to get an astrology reading, I suppose, or something around those lines on the podcast. So my guest today is Danielle Polgar. Hi, Danielle. Welcome to Girl Skill. Hello, and thanks for having me here. I'm really happy to share this um, information with you and just connect about it. Yeah, and as I told you before, uh, just before we we're chatting, you know, I um, astrology has been a subject that I've been curious about, um, and I've done a couple of actually natal charts and things like that. It always piqued my curiosity. I always look at zodiacs, you know, and kind of trying to figure out whether an Aquarius, because I'm an Aquarius, and what. So it's always been a fascinating thing for me. But in the recent years, I'm kind of like a bit skeptical about it, um, and of course, having a husband who's very skeptical about anything related to planets and natal charts it doesn't help and I can I'll share with you a story and then we'll jump into the questions um because I think it's it's really relevant and maybe we can maybe you could comment on this sure in particular how I started really questioning this whole astrology thing is before my daughter was born because she was due on December 25th last year so on Christmas mm-hmm. and that was that was her due date and and you know I know I can't control this and I never thought about astrology as cuz you know all these natal charts are based on the date you were born and the location you were born and so what happened is because we had some uh, complications during pregnancy uh, she came in earlier as in like we scheduled induction 10 days earlier and I know Danielle, you're your mom of two, and you had a baby. You just had a baby three months ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, also, what you what you think about? Because I think it's one thing, you know, as a woman, like as a human, you go through your life. You were born. You don't know the circumstances of your birth or whatever, unless well, I didn't know because I didn't have a chance to talk to my mom because she passed away when I was young. But anyways, when we have children, like when I had her, so I had her ten days earlier, and I actually booked in my induction, like you know, said the doctor said, when do you want to do it? And then I was like, well, f- maybe Friday. And they're like, yeah, Friday is good. And then I thought about all of the women who are scheduling C-sections, you know, because we live in a time, fortunately or unfortunately, where these things, we have control over them. And so when that happened, I was like, hmm. So, you know, because she was supposed to be born a Capricorn 25th of December, but now she came in 10 days earlier and she's a Sagittarius. And I just sat there and I was like, oh my God, this astrology thing might be total bullshit because as a mother, I get, well, I wouldn't say incomplete control, right? Because they're doctors or whatever, but I could decide 
when I will give birth. And in fact, we could also decide on the exact time and the location. So this even further, uh, so then that would kind of predict or I could control her planets or whatever. And so that really got me questioning this whole astrology thing. So I'm going to shut up and let you comment on that. I'm really curious of what you have to say. (laughs) Absolutely. I would imagine you are curious with your Gemini moon, which we'll get into. But um, yeah, but I definitely understand the skepticism when it comes to astrology. I think it's really, uh, it's quite um, necessary to be a skeptic when it comes to something such as this, because it helps, you know, when we're skeptic, it helps us to ask questions and asking questions is essentially what we're doing with astrology. We're, you know, looking for meaning and we're looking for kind of like finding our truth within ourselves, like getting to know ourselves better um, through the lens of this tool that has been around for eons. You know, um, it's basically, if you want to look at it as the first religion, if you will, of understanding our place in, you know, the cosmos or understanding you know, the big question of why are we here? What is this, right? What's the story of my life? So astrology gives us insight into that, you know, just kind of as a basic overview of how I even approach it. I consider this as like a lens into, you know, the deeper realms of who you are and the different aspects of who you are. So almost like what I say to my clients is an x-ray into your psyche or your soul right? So it's always very much um, a gift to be able to connect with somebody and to, you know, take a glance at their inner world. And in some ways, the map of the story of their life, like the time in which you were born, which is a a very key piece in understanding how the chart is going to unfold for a person or essentially how your life is going to unfold. It's very much kind of like setting the tone for the rest of your life. A lot of astrologers say, you know, consider the natal chart a blueprint of our potential in this lifetime. So, you know, just like a blueprint of home would, you know, essentially give us some ideas of where we're going to put windows and where the staircase is going to be, that's fine. But, you know, how we decorate our house or how we, you know, you feel when you walk into the house is definitely different than looking at a set of blueprints, right? So there's a a level of, I want to say, co-creativity in the working with uh, your own understanding of your natal chart and the planets and our relationship with the cosmos. And of course, these, this is all a symbolic archetypal language. Now, when it comes to kind of like my theory, I would say, around when, what time we're born and the date that we're born. That really comes from a sense that like we're choosing our particular path in this lifetime as a soul, as an essence. And so even though you had, let's say, control in the decision-making process of what date you might pick for your daughter to be born, there could be some sort of connection in your relationship to her, that that is part of your role in her life is to make that choice for her, or that she's in essence, communicating that to you from some other realm, you know, from wherever she's coming from, which do we really know where that is? No. (laughs) Do we know where we're going? Not really. (laughs) So a lot of this is to, you know, it's very mysterious. And there's actually a podcast 
episode about this on the astrology podcast with Chris Brennan. I haven't listened to it myself, but I know that there's an episode about cesarean section births, you know, births that are selected at a particular time. So you might want to check that out. And for the listeners also to just kind of see if there's any insights in there that they could speak to um, other than what I would say is just that no matter what time you're born, whether it's by a, you know, a natural, uh, in the sense of like spontaneous birth, or if it's more of like a calculated time or a scheduled time, I think that it's destined, you know, that you come in at that time for whatever reason, you know, to have the map or the guide and the particular configurations of the chart and the planets, let's say, to tell the story of what is going to unfold for you. So for whatever reason, she was not meant to be a Capricorn sun, right? <laughs> She's meant to be a Sagittarius sun. So that's, that's very different quality, right? I'm, I would imagine that you'll get to see that in her personality as she evolves and as she grows throughout her life. Like, wow, you know, Sagittarius is very adventurous. It's very fun loving. It's, you know, it's kind of like soul seeking and all that. I don't know if I might have been influenced, but what I told my auntie, so my auntie's uh, a Russian lady, you know, who believes in astrology and a lot of these things, and she's very old school. And so when I told her my birth date, I mean, my due date, she was telling me, oh my God, she's going to be a Capricorn, just like your auntie. Oh my God, I pray, I pray that she's not a Capricorn because my auntie is like, you know, my auntie is like, I don't know, they're very like driven and they're always uh, think that Ryan never, she's like, I pray that she's not a Capricorn. So I'm just thinking now, and when I told her when she was born, she's like, oh my God, Sagittarius. Yeah. This is amazing. I'm like, <laughs> I just chose the date when she was born, you know, but, but what you're saying, I mean, you know, it, it kind of makes sense. Like what you're saying is that we, yes, although I, I feel like I have control, but at the same time, there's so many variables that I couldn't control, right? Like, you know, how do the induction could go and who were the doctors and like how many hours would she sit? Like, it's just different, right? Like you, you can't always control and predict and everything. Okay, I, I see your point. So this this might have been destined. So before we get into, so I'm going to skip this whole first section because this conversation is so fascinating and we're going to have an hour. So we're yeah. just going to get straight into it. But first, okay, Danielle, um, maybe you should introduce yourself now and tell us who you are and what you do and then we'll sure. continue the conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, my name is Danielle Polgar and I live in Santa Fe, New Mexico in the States. And I have two children, um, a new baby, a little son named Khalil Coyote, and he is three months old. And my daughter, Soleil Lilith, is two and a half. And they are absolutely the lights of my life and also my greatest spiritual teachers. I love them so much. And having them has just totally transformed who I am as a person, but also how I work as an astrologer. And I've been a practicing astrologer now for um, almost seven years, and I've been studying this language for about... 16 years. And I also work as not just an astrologer, but as a counselor. So I offer counseling sessions and I, what I call my sessions are also transformative counseling. So I also take, use a lot of like guided med meditation and take people into their unconscious to kind of reframe um, traumatic events and create healing and, and all that. But I, I usually use astrology as a foundational tool to kind of understand where my client is coming from in 
this moment in time, but also to understand different facets of who they are. So I can kind of get a better sense other than just what somebody's telling me. Mm-hmm. All right, beautiful. Can I ask, because you mentioned something really interesting, um, your children has really influenced and changed how you do astrology and how you work with it. In in what way? Well, I think that a lot of astrology and spiritual, let's say, texts can be kind of more intellectual. And, you know, there, this is how it is. And, you know, you follow these steps and A plus B equals C. Very kind of logical and masculine, right? And there's this essence and this intuitive sense that really makes the art of astrology. And that, I feel like that piece has really kind of turned on more so in my opening to myself as a mother and really kind of being guided to information that maybe isn't coming from my mind or what I know as far as, you know, what I've studied, but like an inner sense that I get that I think that most mothers and most women tap into even in, you know, their own day-to-day mothering experience. I'm sure you could agree with that. Yeah. So, so it made you more, you'd say like, how did it change the work with your clients? You're more sensitive, you're more in tune with yourself and them. Yeah. And I don't think that I'm looking at the chart as so much as parts of, you know, just like the individualized parts, like each planet and this aspect and everything, but I'm looking at it more of a whole and, you know, kind of also looking to be guided by my clients more than kind of guiding them towards an understanding of themselves. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's almost like a feminine way of doing astrology. Huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, I mean, astrology, I would say up until just most recently has been a very male dominated industry or vocation, if you will. And that is, you know, I mean, most of the the books that I've read have been from men, you know, and I'm sure when astrology was first in the hands of, you know, the ancients, it was very much, you know, not offered or not something that women were probably privy to in terms of the information. But I do think that there's just something so feminine about it also, because it requires that there you tap into some intuitive place inside in order to see, you know, and feel into like, how is this person expressing their Aries descendant, which is what you have, you know, are they um, ambitious and impulsive or passionate? Or, you know, is that being expressed in a different way in a different outlet in their life? Um, You know, is it in there? Is it something that's going to be worn on your face? um, Because it's in your ascendant, it's the first thing that people see? Or is it like more in the way of, you know, kind of how you express yourself in something that you do? Yeah, well, you you dropped two things for me that I'm like, you opened the loop there. So we need to close it very soon because you said, I'm a Gemini moon and then Aries descending. I'm like, what is that about? And right. so I have no idea, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, we need to get to that as soon as possible. But um, so I'm very uh, anxious to get to the, all of this stuff. But before we do that, I just really wanted to comment on this. What you mentioned is really interesting because I would think that, you know, astrology being um, a mysterious kind of art and, and an art connecting to the planet and more like spiritual, we, we could say is is really I would think that more women would be attracted to doing this kind of work but now that you're saying it it 
like I'm, I'm one. So my question was, why, why was it a male-dominated field? Because we, we, you know, now we think of male-dominated fields as like technology and like management and like very driven, pushy, rational. So one thing that I can already see why it would be mostly men is because, as you mentioned in the beginning, astrology is like almost the first religion. And so when we think about probably tribes or ancient civilizations, it would be men in power or priests, I assume, who who would kind of try to interpret the cosmic language and provide answers and really look at the planets. I mean, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but no, I'm assuming yeah. uh, that men who were in power while women were you know, taking care of the children and not, in the majority of cases, and not leading kind of tribes and everything, were not doing that. Um, would you say that's the case? Yeah, yeah. I, that, that would be my my intuitive hit, honestly. Um, but from what I know, yeah, I, I think also because it was, you know, such kind of like a prized magic or like a skill, you know, knowledge in general for, you know, centuries was really only available to the wealthy or, you know, royalty or men in general. So, you know, it's, it's reading wasn't just like what it is and taught to everybody as it is today. So I think that there's something to that piece too, you know, having kind of evolved We're we're, I would say we're kind of like in the midst of moving away from a patriarchal model in terms of our society and being very masculine driven and returning to a more feminine way. But perhaps maybe back in the day, like when astrology was first emerging, there were more women who were using it and maybe it was a shared kind of uh, experience. But, um, you know, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't dug into the historical piece of astrology as much as, you know, I probably could. (laughs) Yeah. So that's really interesting. By the way, uh, Danielle, is there in my chart a point there? I don't know if it's in the Gemini or the areas that says that perhaps in the month of September, you'll be sleeping three to four hours every day because your baby is going to go through some massive regression (laughs) and you won't be sleeping and you'll be like a zombie for getting things. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, we could dig deep and and go and look at the the moon um, throughout your chart um, because the moon really kind of changes every two and a half days. It changes signs every two and a half days. So we kind of look at things in terms of like a lunar cycle. Um, So you're probably in the midst of something like that. But it also could be having to do with something in your daughter's chart that you are also experiencing through her. So that takes it to a whole other level of complexity when we're talking about astrology. Because It's not just about you, right? It's about how you connect into the greater whole and how your chart interacts with other people's charts and that sort of thing. Wow, or you really as an individual. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But I want to ask you yeah. two questions that I ask all women on the show um, first. And, and the first one is, um, Danielle, what is femininity for you? Oh, well, great question. I feel like that we've just really kind of yeah, spoken to. Yeah, we touched on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I think of femininity, I think of the moon, you know, in terms of astrology, because the moon represents who we are in our private life and when the sun goes down and, um, you know, it's the intuitive part of ourselves, the receptive part of ourselves, the dark and mysterious part of ourselves or the soft part of ourselves. I don't think it necessarily corresponds to like a gender or a sex, but more of a way of being in touch with our emotions, which is, you know, energy and motion, something that's changeable, fluid, soulful, and surrendering 
I think surrender is a real powerful word to describe femininity because we need that in so many facets, whether it's birth or, um, you know, just surrendering to our monthly cycle as a woman, we identify as a woman and we bleed every month, you know, something like that. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my next question is, Danielle, do you consider yourself successful and why? Hmm. I do. I, I think success, well, the way I define it anyway, is not in the, let's say, financial or business model that I would imagine most people think of success or in like a capitalist perspective. I think of it more as a sense of fulfillment. And, and I also think that it's kind of something that changes from day to day. Um, some days I don't feel successful. <laughs> I feel like I'm failing at motherhood, you know, or I'm failing myself in some way. And it's just really a matter of whether I can kind of find my rhythm again and just be able to reflect on and have insight about where I am in the moment or what I'm working with and um, how I'm going to get through that moment. And then I feel like I'm a success at the end of it. Because usually, you know, I kind of look at myself through an objective lens and be able to see like, what's really going on here, you know, and and what can I do to evolve out of this moment and get to a, you know, more balanced place within myself. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's shift gears, Danielle, and talk about the chart. Um, And so before, so what I did to all the listeners, I uh, messaged Danielle before our interview, I think about a week or two ago, and I said, hey, Danielle, it'd be cool if like you could read my chart or ask me questions. So I've sent Danielle my uh, date of birth and the time and the location. And so we're going to get into that. That's why she's saying, oh, you have a Gemini moon and the air is descending. The only thing I know about myself is that I'm an Aquarius obviously like this is super easy and I've done some Vedic natal charts and just because I was curious about me and I also done my husband's chart and I didn't pay much attention to that like I think it was a bit more you know because the guy basically sent me and it was a man by the way (laughs) he sent me a whole thing about planets and things like that and maybe like um, it was uh, when like a fertile period for when to have children and um, that's what I got got out of it. And I think it was spot on with my first, with my daughter. I, I want to have more children. And then he said something about the work that I'm doing and, and which is, which is kind of spot on or the recommended work that would be beneficial for my soul or destiny or whatever is, is, is exactly what I'm doing. And, but I didn't take it like, I just feel like it wasn't actionable maybe or practical. Maybe I wasn't ready for it. I don't know. So I'm really curious about your reading and hopefully, you know, listeners can get a feel in to what it would be like to get such information or be guided into your chart. And, you know, perhaps they even want to contact you, uh, Danielle, or someone else, you know, just just to get a glimpse of how it would be like. But I really wanted to kind of ask you, because I think the process for me is fascinating. So let's talk a little bit about what do you do? So everything starts, I guess, when someone wants an astrological reading. So my first question is, why would someone want an astrological reading besides being curious like me? And then what happens next? I'm assuming that they give you like what I gave, you know, time of uh, date of birth, time of birth and location. And then I'm interested in what happens after, like literally what do you go? What mysterious cosmologic tools do you use (laughs) Mm -hmm. to go in and like map it out? And how do you go about this? I found that fascinating. 
Absolutely. Well, thankfully, we live in a time where we have computers that calculate all that and, you know, draft up a a chart. Um, So I've actually really, you know, that's I've used astro.com, which is a free service for the since the beginning of my studies, like 16, 17 years ago. So, um, you know, many other astrologers are like, oh, you know, you should use a solar fire, which is this other program, you know, whatever. But I have just married this program because it's just, it's free, it's easy, it, it's a beautiful layout. And um, I do, I can do all the same things that other astrologers can use with that tool um, as well, except it's just, you know, just the way in which I use it is different. But I really admire astrologers who are coming from a place of having learned how to really draft a chart um, using what's known as an ephemeris from, you know, scratch, basically, which is like telling you where the planets are and time and space, and then you can kind of draft it up. The first astrologer who ever read my chart did it that way. So is this like a manual tool or like a book or something? Um, well, it is the ephemeris is a book. Um, it basically goes back in time, you know, like it could, you could go as far as like, you know, hundreds of years or whatever, and then also forward in time and, um, get to see where the planets are and what the dates are for each, you know, planet in each sign. And of course, for the purposes of clarifying what type of astrology I use, because there are two schools of thought, let's say, um, there's the Vedic path and that is more that's based on the constellations in the sky. And so if you've had a Vedic reading and you go and have a a reading with Western astrologer, which is what I am, there can be some differences in the ways in which, you know, your chart sounds like the, or the placements of the the planets and such. So, uh, because Western astrology is based on the seasons. So the four seasons, instead of where the constellations are mapped out in the sky. So that's where the, the slight differences are. But I always get a Western astrologer and a a Vedic astrologer to read my chart, you know, every couple of years or so. And the reason why I do that is because, well, I mean, besides the fact that I think it's always helpful to have an objective view, even though I can read my own chart, it's also very insightful to see how even if planets are in different places or the way in which the story is told is the same, you know, the symbolism may be different, but but the material there is is the same. So it's it's pretty fascinating. That being said, um, just to answer your questions, let's back up a second. What was your first question? My first question was, why would somebody want to get an astrological reading besides just being curious? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, honestly, I think it's usually because people are going through some sort of crisis in their life or a period of self-exploration of some sort, like, you know, something's going on, they're going through, um, you know, relationship difficulties or money problems or health issues. And there's just, you know, kind of like a an inner seeker that wants some answers. Like what the hell is going on with my life usually is what <laughs> people ask me when they um, come to an astrology reading. And I do get a lot of first time astrology clients, meaning I am the first person to ever present this information to them. And I'm not sure what that's about or what that means about me, but the way that I work with it then is both an educational tool to kind of introduce people into the field of astrology and understanding how this works and also to provide, you know, some counseling, like how to work with what it is that they're going through based on the symbolism that appears in their chart. So essentially when I'm looking at this and when I'm speaking to a client, 
it's not so much that I'm telling them, well, this is who you are and this is how things are going to go. And, you know, you're, that's it. This is your life. Like, you know, take it or leave it, like, like it or not. This is you. It's more of a conversation of, well, what is going on for you? You know, tell me a little bit about that. And then I can provide insight based on the symbolism that I see. Like, yeah, I see that you're going through a hard time because, you know, you're going through a Pluto transit. Um, and Pluto transits are a death and rebirth experience. They're, you know, a rebuilding of self or a regeneration. And it can be a really painful process. How are we going to, you know, work through that over the next two to three years, which is essentially how long this transit is going to take place in your life. And then there can be also pieces of, you know, questions that people have about themselves. Like, why do I keep bumping up against this part of myself? Why do people keep telling me I'm so difficult to get along with? Or why do I find it so hard to like get things off the ground? You know, I just feel like every time I start something, I can't finish it or whatever it is that they want to know about themselves. I can look in their chart and say, well, you have this aspect, you know, between these two planets and this is what this planet means and this is what this planet means and how they interact together is going to create a certain type of um, energetic dynamic within you that's going to be expressed that way. So that, that's why. And so I think that like really when it comes down to it, I think people are really trying to understand the why you know, why am I here? You know, I get that question a lot too. It's like, I'd love to know about my, my purpose. purpose. <laughs> so, um, you know, and there is symbolism in the chart in a lot of different ways and how we define purpose is also a bigger question. Yeah. So I understand what you mean. It's almost like, like what I'm thinking of tarot cards, you know, I, I have a tarot deck and it, it really is, everything's open to interpretation. Like it's not an exact science. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's a, I don't, I don't think we could qualify it as a science. I don't know. Um, it could be. A, mm-hmm. Could be, yeah, because mm-hmm. the planets are exact and everything. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's why you're saying that it's it's very good to get a reading every two to three years because you, you've you changed and how you interpret whatever is happening has changed. And then different astrologists would also give you different glimpses depending on where they are in their life and how they're reading your chart. And so I love what you're saying. It's more of a symbolism and an, and an archetypal thing. And it's up to us, I guess, and the astrologist. Uh, what we take from that at that particular moment in time and, and what lessons can we learn and really apply it into our own life. Absolutely. You totally get it. That's exactly. Yeah. Okay. So let's do it. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do my, my thing. Uh, yeah. So, so as I said, you know, so I, I gave you my dates, you went probably into astro.com, looked at things. So yeah. So Danielle, if we were uh, doing an astrological reading, mm-hmm. how would that go from here? Well, what would you do next? <laughs> I'm well, a bit I nervous. Would introduce you, yeah, well, I mean, I think it is nerve-wracking for people because I think <laughs> I'll, I'll also say this is that a lot of there's a lot of misconceptions about what astrologers do and who they are because of the way they've been painted in our western, you know, or let's say modern society, which is definitely changing. But the the overarching kind of assumption is that astrologers are fortune tellers and that they're going to look at your chart and tell you, Oh, I wouldn't do this or I wouldn't do that. Or, you know, you better watch out on Tuesday, you know, the 25th, because you're going to have a bad day. And we also have that kind of imprint because of what we've 
learned about astrology through sun sign horoscopes, right? Which is what most people know about their chart is like, oh, I'm an Aquarius sun. And it means, you know, I'm eccentric, progressive, humanitarian, maybe a scientist or a genius in some way, shape or form. Now you may also not even resonate with that at all and be like, I don't, that's not who I am. And that is also something that's really fascinating once you get a whole picture of yourself through the lens of astrology, because you're not just your sun sign. You can't be, you know, like condensed down to just one thing. You know, we are a multitude of um, different experiences and just different aspects of our personality. You know, we're multidimensional beings. And what this does as a tool is it reflects that back to us. So needless to say, you know, you come to me as a client and I, you know, I'd ask you like, have you ever worked with an astrologer before? And what brings you here today? What are you hoping to get out of our time today? And usually there's, you know, some kind of percolating question at the top of that to understand yourself better. So do you have a question that you feel like you'd be you'd like to know more about, you know, through this lens? Yeah, well, I, I have a question. I guess my main question is, so here's my current biggest challenge, I, I would say. And then the question maybe comes from that is, because I'm a new mother and I'm building a business of my coaching, you know, femininity and feminine embodiment coaching, I really find, and, I, and I'm sure, Danielle, you can resonate with that. I really find myself kind of struggling between the two, being pulled in all kinds of different directions. And I've surrendered to the fact that the business is going to go slow and my coaching is going to go slow. But there's this thing of wanting like I, I truly know and in my body, I've worked a lot of my mindset and everything that the business will grow and it will flourish and it will, it will get like I truly believe in it and I feel it in my body. Mm -hmm. However, because things are not happening as fast as I want them to happen, there is this constant and I'm sure all entrepreneurs deal with that and especially coaches, you know, I mean. Coaching is an industry that most coaches are broke, you know, and I really don't want to be that coach. And I'm and I'm not already because I have a few clients and all of that. But really, there is this, I guess, uh, the background, this voice of will this actually really happen? Like, I truly believe it in my body. But then there are all these different things that, yeah, just just the doubt. Of uh -huh. That's what I was going to say. Doubt. That's what I'm feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm hearing in what you're suggesting. And so when I am hearing this word doubt, the planet that I'm going to look towards is Saturn. Okay. Because Saturn is the symbol or our guide to understanding maturity, responsibility, and blossoming into ourselves, becoming the author or authority of our lives. Right. And what it can do in its working through our chart is kind of bring us down to a place of humility and also just self-doubt. Like, I don't know, this feels like it's taking a long time. The other teaching within Saturn is patience and perseverance. And there's a lot of reasons why that Saturn represents that, particularly as we can look at it as the last of the visible planets in the sky that we can see with the naked eye before, you know, the outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, which we need a telescope to see, right? So Saturn represents like the end and it 
back in ancient times before we discovered Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, it was like death, basically. Um, and, and what it does is it kind of like takes us to the edge and we can see the edge or at least boundaries is another theme that comes up with Saturn that we see that with the rings of Saturn around it, right? And so Saturn operates in seven-year cycles through our life and through our chart. And so what you're going through at this stage in your life is known as the Saturn return. And this is a highlight of an individual's life. Everybody goes through this if they you know, live uh, at least until they're 30. And what it is is a culmination of your life thus far your, and four seven-year Saturn cycles of examining like, reviewing your life thus far and understanding like who you are outside of the context of, you know, what your parents want you to be, what society expects you to be and eliminating and pruning everything of that excess that, you know, doesn't really resonate with who you are. The thing about this transit is that it can be really challenging because we want to kind of be at the next level. And the whole process of the Saturn return and the maturing process within that can be kind of drudgerous. It's like almost, you know, like, oh, it's the hard work, right? Saturn as the ruler of the sign of Capricorn is about hard work. It's about putting in the effort. It's about setting the foundation and taking all the necessary steps, taking responsibility for those steps to really, again, set the foundation for the next 27 to 30 years of your life, which is you know, you are kind of like opening the door to that right now, but you're still in it for at least the next couple of months until um, Saturn finishes its transit through the sign of Capricorn, which will be, I believe, in March of 2020. Um, and so, yeah. So does that mean in March 2020, I'm going to have everything I want? <laughs> well, I mean, I would imagine by then... The, you'll have some more clarity as to what it is that you want because what this, the intention or let's say the gift that we receive by going through a Saturn transit and taking on what Saturn asks of us is to eliminate or it's, it's at least to discover what it is we don't want. Right. And how, how do we discover what we don't want? We try things and, oh, that doesn't work. Try this. Oh, that doesn't work. Or we get frustrated enough in our own experience that we're like, well, screw this. I have to totally try, like overhaul this and just start something new. Just a quick question. Are you saying that the, the Saturn, I actually, funny enough, I had an episode about Saturn returns and oh. it's like when, when we, I mean, with, with just a, an, another entrepreneur who was going through this and that what we talked about. So are you saying that in my particular chart, March 2020 is when the Saturn, like this transit is finishing or is this like common for everyone going through it now? Well, Saturn uh, is Saturn's moving through the sign of Capricorn and it will move into Aquarius in March of 2020. So that will initiate a new transit for you and for everyone collectively, because we're all experiencing Saturn in Capricorn. However, you were born with Saturn in Capricorn in your natal chart. I was born with Saturn in Virgo. So I've already, I've completed my Saturn return, you know, 10 years ago. Um, but you're going through it right now. So basically what that means is Saturn is returning to the place that it was at your at the moment of your birth. And in addition to it being in the sign of Capricorn where it is at home because it is Saturn is the ruling 
planet for the sign of Capricorn. It's also in the 10th house. And so I don't know if you've ever seen your chart on a Western. I I probably, I'll I'll send an image to you. But essentially, when we're looking at the chart, we see that it's divided into 12 segments. And those are the 12 houses of the chart. And that speaks to different areas of our life that these energies are expressed. And the 10th house represents our career path and our public image, right? And how we're showing up in the world, what we're contributing. And what it mirrors is the fourth house of home and family. So it operates on an axis, right? So there's the 10th house, which is like, here I am world, this is what I have to give. And then the fourth house is who you are at home, like who you are as a mother. And, And so anytime you have a transit going through any part of the, any axis, really, the mirror or the reflection of that is also going to get activated. So it's no surprise that, you know, you are both building your business, which is very much a Saturn through the 10th house experience, but you're also taking on the responsibility of raising a child, which is fourth house material, which is going to kind of, there's like a push and pull here because they're opposing each other, right? It's like, how do I get myself off the ground if I have my daughter at home and she needs me? You know, I can't put like my full, I can't go full throttle with this. And I would imagine for you as an Aries ascendant, going full throttle may have been a pattern for you in the past. Like I can just do this. I'm going to make this happen. Is that accurate? Or do you feel like? Yeah. 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 I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I've I've always been a powerhouse, um, super ambitious, driven, known, always known what I wanted. And when I started discovering the work of, you know, feminine, masculine polarity, working with my womanhood and all of that. So this is when I really took a step back, slowed down and said, I don't want to like that masculine way of operating um, is just driving me to the ground to burnout and to uh, unhappiness. And that's how, you know, my coaching started this whole podcast. So yeah, definitely in the past, I, I was really pushing hard all the time. Yeah. 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 And so this is kind of, you know, this is the opportunity. I always say Saturn transits are an opportunity in disguise. Um, This is kind of the invitation or the opportunity in disguise to kind of slow down or at least experience what it's like when you go slower. And Saturn is kind of that essence. It's a two and a half year transit, two and a half to three year transit. Any, any Saturn transit that is when it's moving through a sign is two and a half to three years. So when we're under a Saturnian influence, we kind of feel into that, like, what is it like to wait for something that we want, right? And, and what's being asked of me, what's required of me to show up and make this happen. And oftentimes the things that are built to last are going to take a little longer, right? Rather than just rushing into it, um, which you know, I would say like as an Aquarius sun also, you may already see yourself in the future. You have like this potential for really being able to see um, what's coming to be a trendsetter, you know, and to, and to kind of understand like, oh, cool, that's where I'm going. And there might be this desire also with the Aries ascendant to just get there now, <laughs> right? But we can't press fast forward um, for, for certain things for to you know, really be successful, um, we may really need to kind of just like take stock and make sure that all of our ducks are in a row so that we're, we have a lot more clarity as to what it is that we're offering. 
And so then it can really kind of like flourish and, and take off for itself. But the other interesting part about this is that you have Neptune, the planet of inspiration and intuition and femininity connected to what's known as your midheaven in your 10th house of career. And that means it's connected to the, the highest point in your chart, which is like your highest aims in this life. And also your career path in a sense. So, you know, what you're doing right now, what you're speaking to is really in alignment with this ultimate goal of yours. But it's just a matter of having the patience to use that intuition to kind of guide you into the next step of it. Because, you know, if this is something that feels authentic for you, then it will continue to, you know, provide you that insight of like, I'm doing the right thing, like the feedback right? You know, um, and, and to know also when you're not maybe being authentic to yourself. Um, that's another kind of key theme about Saturn return in general. So I don't know if any of that is resonant. Yeah, I mean, definitely, for sure. I'm like, whoa, is this done on purpose or what? Um, but it definitely resonates everything you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the other Vedic chart also told me about Neptune. And that's why I mentioned to you that, you know, the work around, you know, inspiration, work with women, uh, intuition, all of that. So that's why I said, okay, I'm on the right track. Awesome. Thank you. Is there anything else that when you looked at my chart popped or you found interesting and you think would help me kind of get a glimpse or maybe that I could explore further? Absolutely. Um, well, two things. There's just a, in terms of a predictive piece, we do have, um, well, or you have particularly Jupiter transiting your ninth house of publishing, public speaking, foreign travel. Um, and it, it's halfway through that that house and, and through the sign of Sagittarius. And it's going to be changing signs in December and moving into your 10th house of career. So I would imagine that starting in December, there could be more of a feeling of levity or at least a like more of a focused attention around your career path coming up in the next couple of months. I mean, if you haven't already sort of kind of like tasted that or felt into it, I would imagine that come December or at least at the turn of the year that things may be picking up more for you in the way of career matters because Jupiter transits are about expansion, growth, joy, good fortune. And so they, they come by and they only last for 12 months at a time because that's the cycle for a Jupiter transit through a sign and through a house. So right now, you know, it's perfect. You've got this podcast, you're doing this, you know, learning experience, you're growing, you're connecting with people from other cultures, all very ninth house material, all very Sagittarius material too. And then it's going to move into um, Capricorn, which is, you know, definitely more of like, okay, let's get down to business and like really figure out like, what do I need to do to make this better? Or is this going the way I want it to? And, And also just kind of getting a push, like getting to like align with, I, I usually say like Jupiter transits are kind of like catching a wave in the ocean. Like you're out there in the ocean and you're kind of like looking behind you and you're like, okay, I'm going to jump on this one because I don't know when the next best wave is going to come. So I would just recommend that. And, you know, just kind of as a stay tuned and also as kind of like a little glimpse of hope, if you f- you're feeling kind of like downtrodden or frustrated with the process that you're experiencing right now with your career, um, you know, that whole career motherhood experience. 
But also, since we were talking about purpose, I think that it's important to mention the nodal axis um, or the north node in one's chart, which speaks to kind of like our soul's destiny in this lifetime. And, you know, we have just as individuals and as uh, humans in general, I think a lot of people understand purpose to be kind of like, what am I supposed to do with my life in almost a material form, like a career path? But what the North Node is more about your purpose in terms of like an overarching experience that your soul wants to have in this lifetime. And so your particular North Node is in the sign of Pisces in the 12th house. And what that means is you might be coming from um, a past life or just the expertise or experience or the tendency towards your south node, which is in the sixth house and in the sign of Virgo. I know this all this language might be really confusing, but what it's essentially telling me, and you used this word earlier when we were speaking, you're like, I don't know, is this like practical? You know, is this like really useful? And that tendency is very much like a Virgo experience or very much a sixth house experience. So your tendency or your south node material may be about getting things right, you know, kind of like get being staying on task, getting things done, and really kind of separating the wheat from the shaft, so to speak, like being really organized and perfect, you know, and um, kind of like the shadow expression of that could be worry or, um, you know, fear or anxiety. And the goal or where your soul might be guiding you in this lifetime is towards a more Piscean nature, which Pisces being the last sign of the Zodiac is all encompassing. It's, it's unifying and it's healing. And it also is about letting go and surrendering. And again, the feminine piece. So there is this calling for your soul to really kind of trust in the process of life and also to experiment and to explore the spiritual realm and to be open to that. Like not everything needs to be practical or quote unquote, make sense, right? Like sense can also reveal itself in other ways, like intuition, right? Not just logic. So there's kind of, you're working with both of that. It doesn't mean you have to abandon this desire to be practical and useful, the sixth house Virgo material, but it's also saying, let's bring in more of this. Let's bring in more of the intuitive, feminine, receptive, spiritual, surrendering self. Oh gosh, Danielle, I could be talking to you for hours, obviously, about all of this. This is fascinating. Thank you so much. I'm definitely looking forward to the chart that you could, if you send me, that'd be great. And um, I I really need to sit with this and maybe listen again and really get, but everything you're saying has been very helpful, actually, to get to know myself and my soul blueprint. Um, Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate your time. Unfortunately, we have to jump off because I have another interview right uh, after you. But before you go, Danielle, please tell everyone um, if they're interested in getting in touch with you or checking out your work or maybe even getting an astrological reading, uh, where can they find you online? Sure. Um, you can find me on Instagram, which has become more of like a personal page, but I do share some astrological insights here and there, which my Instagram handle is Danielle underscore Polgar, P-O-L-G-A-R. Or you can find me at DaniellePolgar.com. Um, and you can book a reading there or send me an email if you'd like to experience my other types of counseling work as well. 
Beautiful. Well, Danielle, I wish you good luck. Thank you so much. And I really hope we stay in touch because this is, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to be curious. But thanks for asking my skeptic questions. <laughs> oh, yeah. And thanks for having me and being curious. Great. Thank you. All right, girlfriends, before I tell you how you can share this episode and charge your karmic energy and where to find all the show notes and links to what my guest has just mentioned, I really wanted to extend a personal invitation to you. If you have listened to this episode until the end and you are here with me today, and if you have been listening to episodes of Girl Skill, I know that you have a special connection to me and to the message that I'm bringing into the world about femininity and womanhood and feminine embodiment. And if you do, I have a very personal invitation for you. You know, I know you're here because you crave more. You crave more joy, more radiance, and more freedom. Therefore, you're listening to this podcast to really find what is that feminine path. You're a woman who wants to stand tall on her feet to go for what you want and create a life that would make you wake up with excitement every day. But you're not there yet. You're still looking for an answer, a doorway, and a path. And I've been there, and I know how it feels. That voice in your head that is doubting and questioning, what if I fail? What if it doesn't work? What if he's not the one? That crazy loop, that same ceiling you keep hitting every time, whether it's a pattern of unworthy men, poor decisions, anxiety, or not feeling good enough. Well, the good news is that there is a way out, and I want to show it to you. It's actually a way in into a different kind of path, a different kind of journey, a feminine, powerful path that those women who live in alignment with their feelings and desire have discovered and will never go back to the old ways. The deep knowing and truth that each one of us has, but most of us don't know how to access, that reservoir of infinite wisdom, clarity, and confidence, that flow, ease, and lightness. Would you like to experience that? If yes, I've just opened up my calendar for a few extra one-on-one free discovery sessions this week, and I'd love to speak to you in person. If you've been reading my post, as I mentioned, listening to this podcast and have an urge to reach out and explore the possibility of coaching with me, this is your chance. So you could apply for your discovery call at girlskill.com slash apply, girlskill.com slash A-P-P-L-Y. What we're going to do on this call is actually, and it's free, you know, what we're going to talk to you about is your biggest challenge and what's stopping you from what you want. I'll share some insights with you from my perspective. And if you're open to it and I feel like you're a good fit, I'll tell you more about how we can work together. And before you go, well, before you listen to the show notes and links, I want to tell you that who is this for? This is for women who are in transition and looking for a different way to connect to yourself and your femininity on a deeper level. This is for women who feel that there is something missing despite the fact that they have a perfect life and the perfect perceived success, who want to attract the right partner or enrich your current relationship with a man and create a family, who are tired of doing it all and proving everything to everyone, and who are serious about their self-development and taking their life to the next level of pleasure, magnetism, and a different way of living as a woman, but very importantly, who are ready to invest in themselves financially and who want personalized help and guidance from me. You know, I think that life is too short to live in a female body and life is too short to live this way where we're tired, confused, we don't know what's stopping us. So if this is calling for you, you feel a... Mm, body, yes. If I would be you and you fit in any of this description, I'd jump on call ASAP, girlskill.com slash apply. And I hope to see you on the call. And I'm really here to help women and guide them through this dark, confusing terrain of femininity womanhood and how to live in a world where you just let go and surrender and let things come to you, where you just stop pushing so hard and proving everything to everyone. That's 
not the way how it's supposed to work. So girlskill.com slash apply. And I'm curious, will this be you? I hope you enjoyed this awesome episode. I felt that it was very clear. I connected with Danielle very much. In fact, I'd love to do another kind of in-depth reading with her. So please, please charge your karmic energy and share it with a girlfriend uh, that you feel will benefit from this episode. This is episode 125. So you'll get all the show notes and everything Danielle mentioned on girlskill.com slash 125 or share this podcast straight from your podcasting app. And that would be it for today. I wish you an amazing week running with the wolves. Stay connected, stay feminine and empowered. And I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Girl Skill. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher to never miss an episode. And never forget that your version of success is uniquely yours to live and experience. Until next time, let's continue redefining female success together. Girlskill.com. Female success redefined.